Welcome to Love Grubs. Grubs. Love Grubs. Love Grubs number five. Grubs. Um, love and stuff. This will, this will be straight after the little intro um, that I put on the last one. If, I don't know if you heard it or not. Yes, yes, it's very good, very professional. Cool. I like the rest of the time. <laughs> hey, go try. At least the first 30 seconds of the show is professional. Even if the rest of it is a complete mess. We will, however, be attempting to evenly distribute those 30 seconds. <laughs> yes. Okay, so... Um, the jump card edition. <laughs> So let's, let's do a nice, we're going to do a nice short one this week. I yeah. think. So, um, first topic. Should we talk about... Um, do, we want to, do we want to say who we are? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we're so professional. Come um, together, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, People are listening. I know, tell me about it. Okay, so um, today we have myself, uh, Ian Forrester. We have... Adrian. Avian, <laughs> Ryan. Hello. And we have Tom. Hey. And Tom is hit the grand age of. Great, thirty. Hey. Um, the 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 um the intro to the 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 second season of um the US version of Queer as Folk, uh, where the ceremonial funeral is held, feels appropriate about now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure that my my name will now be on the blacklist for all clubs in London. Um, Ian, so... are you getting a bit of Tom's gargling sound? Just a little bit, but it's okay. It's okay. Tweak your server. Okay. Um, yes, I'll I'll um I'll turn I'll turn your torrents off. Yeah. <laughs> Tor- torrents should all be off, right? Um, yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's great. Stop I'm, I'm, having, I'm having every minute of it. Hmm. So, um, now you've hit a grand old age of thirty. Yeah. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about banana. Banana, oh, and cucumber. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, this. I'm not sure what to think about cucumber and banana. Um, for those who aren't aware, cucumber and banana and tofu are Russell T. Davis's new. Um, well. Gay is probably the wrong word. It's a sexuality-themed uh, drama comedy shows. Mm. Um, uh, kind of, they're supposed to be kind of a, I don't know, a, a follow-up maybe or a, a revisiting of some of the same themes um, from Queer as Folk. Um, kind of a, an interesting change back from writing Doctor Who episodes. Um, Can I ask one question before we go? Yeah. Right. So I understand the kind of the fun of a banana, and I can understand the fun of a, of a cucumber, but... Oh, you don't... Tofu? No, there is no fun in tofu, unless you're a vegan. Um, but, uh, no, 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 the, the premise of that, that whole um, thing is based on... Um, uh, which is explained, I believe, in the, fir- the opening moments of the first episode of Cucumber. Oh, I missed um, that. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's based on a scientific study of the stages of an erection. Oh, I did see that. Okay. Yeah. So ah. so it starts off at, at, with the consistency of tofu, and then peel, goes through uh, banana, like a peeled banana, then to a banana still in its skin, mm-hmm. and then to a cucumber. Gotcha. So that's the the basis of that. Mm. Um, but um, no, it's it, it's kind of interesting. It's um, it's cucumber is kind of focused around um, slightly older gay men in their forties, going on fifties, and and it seems to be in more. Forties. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it it's kind of, you know, it's it's rather different from from Queer's Folk in as much as Queer's Folk was kind of the only show at the time that really discussed anything gay, I mean, other than soap operas. Um, uh, it's still very um, sexual, you know, still got a lot of uh, nudity and, and sex in it. Um, but it's kind of, I think, based on the fact that there's now so much more um, on TV that depicts 
a much wider uh, variety of LGBT characters. They can have a bit more. Um, they can. They can. They don't have to kind of play to stereotype quite so much. Um, and and I think what's interesting about the show is it's actually showing um, the kind of the the banality of kind of middle age and how the sort of people who would have been young when Queer as Folk came out are now, you know, kind of in reaching middle age and are now, you know, given the prospect of getting married. Wait a minute. Oh, man. I was, I, I remember watching Queer as Folk. I'm not yeah. middle aged, I don't think. I'm not saying you are, but the sort of people who were in their late 20s. Okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, when Gross focus on are now going to be in the early 40s, I guess, or yeah, mid 40s. He's, he's, he's following an audience. It's not an unreasonable thing to do. And um, but no, it's it, there's some interesting things in there. Just I mean, the sheer amount of um, use of mobile phones and devices is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, most shows kind of cry away from it because it just you know you can't really have. You know, the amount of drama that was based on, oh, my God, I can't get to a phone, we're stuck. And now everything yeah. is in communication all the time. Um, and 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 I was reading an interview, which is kind of the, the thing which I found most interesting about this, was it was talking about uh, Grindr, and, and, and which is kind of, you know, a stand-in for hookup apps and sex apps and dating apps, I guess, is kind of a, a over-promise there. But... Um, but there's a lot of people who seem to be saying these days, oh, you know, these are just spoiling, you know, it's it's commodifying sex, it's, um, and, uh, you know, and Russell Davis seems to be saying, eh, well, yeah, we've got new technology, but and things have changed in terms of how people hook up and whatever, but at the end of the day, it what makes good sex, good sex, or a good relationship, good relationships, kind of the same, even if it's organized online. Um, I, don't know. I, think that, I think that's one of the things they need to start dealing with. I mean, especially in, especially in romantic dramas, it's one of the things where it's... It, it, there's, a, there's a lot of room for that. I mean, there, there's, it's a double-sided coin. You, you avoid a lot of drama by being able to have, like, you know, regular communication. I mean, waiting for Godot would be a much different play if there were cell phones. You know, it'd be about it'd be about two minutes long. Guy sitting there, yeah. thinking, ring, ring. What? Oh, he's not coming. <laughs> Shit. You know, that that would be the play. On the other hand, we have we have cultures where I mean, we're starting to see where the the fact that this communication is ubiquitous means that people start to have these really high, almost kind of, you know unreasonable expectations of tethering. I mean, I, it's to kind of bring it onto our subject, like with um, OkCupid, I'm, you know, I was looking at some of the things on there, and there's people who are like, you know, I expect contact every day, and I'm like, what? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 there are people who are like, you know, I expect, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, and it's like, there are people, and I know plenty of people, who their kind of seduction technique is just this fire hose of attention and this has been completely enabled by modern technology there are people who get unlimited texting plans because they freaking use them they'll text people a hundred times a day and it's just you don't get to have five seconds without and yeah. it's funny because some, some people will do that kind of intentionally and other people will start to demand that they'll be like you know I haven't had a text from you in two hours what's going on and that's kind here's, of here's, a, here's a, a story from when I was a fair bit younger I was I went to actually buy my gran a pair as you go phone because mm -hmm. um, uh, she was traveling, traveling a lot to hospital and stuff, and we thought, oh, we should get her a, a phone just in case there's an emergency or whatever. So we went into the shop, orange shop or whatever, to buy her a phone. I was standing in the queue behind, um, when it was probably 18, 19, and this was a, a few years ago, so things have changed, a, a, you know, a fair, uh, you know, WhatsApp and iMessage now exist, but um, she... You know, I was in this queue, and she was like, "Oh, you know, my phone bill is really large. It's, I paid 120 pounds last month, and it was like primarily on texting. And then they brought it up, and they said, "Oh, yeah, that that is a lot of texting." And they said, um, "We could switch you onto a different plan, which would, you know, pull your your estimated costs down to about 70 pounds a month." And she was ecstatic at the prospect of, of spending. 70 rather than 120 pounds a month on texting. I was like, wow. fucking hell. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Uh, as in, now, it would just be fucking WhatsApp or iMessage or whatever, Facebook Messenger, and it will basically be not, cost nothing, but um, I just thought it was kind of amusing. Well, I guess, you know... Christ, I'm so, old. No, no, I think... I think <laughs> so, okay, I've been kind of texting someone back and forth, because um, I don't even sure if she's on... Um, I refuse to install Facebook Messenger on my phone, um, and I have got my tablet, but it hasn't got a data plan. Um, but I was doing the um, sending messages back and forth, you know, which is fine. But then she sent me um, an MMS, and I was like, "Oh yeah, shit! I forgot. About, I forgot you could actually send messages, yeah, with with Im- uh, images." And so I did start sending stuff back and forth, and and then you got your phone bill. <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of, I just, I kind of forgot that this stuff is like charged differently. I mean, luckily I've got a completely unlimited. I think I've got unlimited MMS, but you know, it's like, oh my god, this is like a, this is crazy. I thought it was just like data. Anyway, I, so I, I think the the, the hookup thing, the hookup app thing, is interesting, in as much as, like. It's interesting how it's going to affect different groups of people. So, like, um, David Halperin, who is a professor of queer studies in the U.S., he's written this whole thing about, like, uh, he's written this very long book called How to Be Gay, which I believe you pointed on my bookshelf the other day and said, what the fuck is that all about? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I pointed to the Wikipedia article, but I haven't finished writing it yet because I'm lazy. Um but it's basically just talking about kind of gay culture and the idea that, you know, um, what makes somebody gay is more than just shagging blokes. It's also, I don't know, appreciating Whitney Houston. Um, <laughs> but he has a whole section in there where he basically gets into a whole grumpy old man act about how Grinder is going to destroy gay culture. Really? On the basis that before technology eased all these problems away... If you were, you know, you had to go to a bar to meet people. Yeah. And if you went to a bar, you'd meet people of all ages and backgrounds, which is, first of all, not true because, you know, um, you yeah. know, like, you know, like Pokemon, everyone goes to the bar of, you know, their particular species. Um, but you know, in big cities, but no, in small towns, it's, it, there's there's a case to be made for that. Uh, but he's basically saying, like, you know, these young kids, they don't need to go to bars anymore. They can just get on Grindr um, and, and hook up with the people they're actually attracted to, and they have to talk to boring old men who are going to talk to them about drag queens. Um, and he's kind of saying that this is a pretty fundamental change in gay culture, which, you know, that's easy to see because it's, it's a small microcosm. What I think is more interesting is, is actually how it's going to... And it's something I'm, you know... I don't experience directly, obviously, as a gay guy, but it'll be interesting to see how Tinder is affecting straight people and services like that. Mm. Like, it's a lot harder to crack that market, as countless services have tried and yeah. failed. Um, you know, the kind of attempts to just say, oh, we'll take Grindr and add girls. Yeah. No, they've just completely fallen flat. But Tinder seems to be working. But what's more interesting is, like, there have been... I, I read an article a while back from a woman who's talking about how, basically, before Tinder, she would have never thought about doing, like, hookups, like one-night stands. Yeah. And that this is kind of a behavior that she, you know, has been enabled by this, um, and she's okay with it. She's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with this, and it's, you know... Uh, but it, and and the technology has made it easier and less slightly less shameful. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm just in, you know it it looks like it could be interesting how like how how that's going to change dating culture. Hmm. I don't know. I I'm, I don't you know so oh I don't know I mean. Yeah, whenever I hear about Tinder, and I know Tinder's been a great success, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I meet so many people that are like, 
I think we need to deal with the differing definitions of success here. I mean, yeah, that's it can be true. a success because it's made money and lots of people are using it. It can be a success because people are getting laid off of it more than they would other things. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really wondering how they're defining great success here because some of those have nothing to do with what we're trying to talk about. Hmm. I mean, I, I think generally when it comes to things like apps, it's defined in a fairly capitalist way. The apps are making money. People are paying for subscriptions or premium services or in-app purchases hmm. or they've got lots of users or whatever it may be. Whether you're actually getting sex or relationships out of them at the other end, um, I don't think that... I've mean, got to say one yeah, thing that... Keeps the developers up at night. I, also I think, think they're probably not kept up at night except by the enormous quantities of... Uh, gender-specific uh, gender genitalia that they prefer which they're probably getting as developers of Tinder. So I think there's definitely no, that's one thing that's no different, right, is, um, you know, the dating sites would never reveal um, kind of decent data that you can start to make um, or build, um, you know, to understand what what their success criteria really were. Um well, yeah, they're never going to do that, are they? they no, exactly. It's not in their that, even, to do that. But even like the the dating agencies, way before the internet, they would never do the same either. It was always because so no one reveals this stuff. So to so no one will ever know, and and that's a real problem. You know, you can never really. Yeah, so all we can really know is is sub, kind of subjectively, or via um kind of the stories that people have about how things are, you know how these things are changing. I mean, I met one woman. Sorry, I'm eating ice cream again. Um, I met one woman who is um, met a guy through through uh, Tinder, and then moving in together. So, I guess. But then, you know, in a kind of a bucket full of millions of people, I don't know. Um, I guess. We could, okay, for this experiment to go forward, we need to kind of define that it's successful in a certain amount of ways and one of those ways is probably getting people to actually meet and hook up. So the, 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 for me it's not whether it's about success, right? If something could be unsuccessful, okay, let, let's just imagine that Grindr is unsuccessful 90% of the time. It could still change gay culture. Let's say Tinder is unsuccessful 90% of the time in as much as 90% of the users aren't getting the sex or relationships from it that they want. It could still have an effect on dating culture. Yeah. Even if it's not a good one or it's a or that it leads to more people getting what they want. It could still mean that you could have people who are more interested in having one night stands, not necessarily even through Tinder. It could just mean that culturally people are more more interested in short term or one night relationships or casual you know casual sex more generally yeah and those you can't really test any of those things yeah so without uh, maybe doing some kind so, of demographic survey or something like that which would be yeah. expensive and hard to do and also people are less uh, are, are notably reluctant to tell random strangers who yeah. call them up about their sex and relationships um uh yeah, but even so, it, it's an interesting thing to kind of speculate on. Well, so okay, I I reckon okay, what this is I guess what this one around to my, my point I'm thinking of is that whatever everyone talks about, like um, uh, yeah, okay, I I I get yeah, Grinder and um, Tinder, and, but I think in if we're looking at the influence on on the way that people meet and and get together. I think they're missing. We're missing something, and the thing we're missing is Facebook already owns that field and has already had a, having an influence, a massive influence, and you already, you could see signs of that, you know, all over the place. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, like I mean, I, I've spoken to people. Uh, I, I there's uh, I know somebody who's closeted and in a country where that's not particularly. Um, likely to change anytime soon and a family context was not particularly likely to change soon. And I said to him, like, oh, you know, how are you meeting people? Like are you using Grindr, are you using some other app like Grindr derivative, like Scruff or whatever? 
And he's like, no, I'm using Facebook. Yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. I yeah. guess that's why that's a thing. Um, oh, yeah, it's a massive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, friends of friends, you look at friends of friends. Yeah. And you go, oh, well, you know. Then you can ask in, your friend whether they're sane over, te- like, text message and say, oh. Yeah, are they, are they okay? Or, you know, mm. put me up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, no, so actually, that's interesting, because yeah. you've spoken in the past about social dating. Yeah. I, I think... And so, then, like, so Facebook could actually be, like, the informal way that people are doing that, without any networks or anything. Well, okay, so my, my thoughts are, is that, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, we had the kind of dating sites, you had to have a membership, you had to all, all this stuff. OkCupid was a step towards the kind of social dating, so it was like, oh, it's, it's free, and you can be on there, and you can do quizzes, it's like more a place to hang out. And then you got stuff like, you know, I mean, other stuff like Grinder, you know, which is much more like, I want to meet this person right now and in my area. But it's like, it's kind of more acceptable just to be kind of like, have it and, and use it. And it's not, you know, you're not on there constantly paying a fee or anything like that. And... Uh, well, a lot of them now are doing fairly, like, um, I know Growler does something like six pounds a quarter or something. Like How successful has that been? Sorry? How successful has that been? I've paid it just because it's fucking annoying otherwise. Oh, right, okay. Um, it's but, it's, but it's, you, it's you, impressive. You just... Annoying you constantly until you pay. Ah, but would you not just normally switch to another app if there was if if someone uh, literally yeah, someone... except if that if it's targeting a specific community. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's so easier. Like, yeah. It's easier just to like switch to another thing. It's not you know, but basically um, this whole area is becoming a lot more just really sociable and really kind of like, hey, I'm just doing this. I'm gonna. Meet such a search. It's 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 and it's like what you're starting to see is that that's kind of drifted into into the social networking spaces, and mm. so it won't be long until you everyone's just using Facebook to do this stuff. Yeah, well, uh, the thing I know is that um, you know I know a lot of, like loads. The main thing I found with using hookup apps is how reliant loads of people are on WhatsApp. I'm still not. I'm. I'm still actually wary of WhatsApp. It's kind of odd. I should, probably should get on, yeah, but I, don't, I, I should, don't have anyone it. on it. Never used it ever. I hear so much about it, but I've never it's, used it. Basically, it's the the nice thing about it is that it doesn't have a comp, like it it doesn't have a friends model, right? You give somebody your phone number, and you know you know the you know the interaction model because it's basically text, right? Okay. Literally, Literally, all it does is an app you send text messages through to people who are already in your phone's address book. So it just says, okay, you've added A to your address book. A is also on WhatsApp, so you can send a message through WhatsApp. So what's the difference between that and like, like Telegraph? Telegram? I don't know. Other okay. than people I know use it. All right, okay, yeah. It's got, um, the, it's got the, the numbers. And, and, well, it's now owned by Facebook, obviously, but... Um, mm. But also, interestingly, um, I haven't seen this yet because I'm using iOS, but um, they have now started rolling out, I think using some kind of feature flagging, uh, you know, selective induction type process, and actually on Android first rather than on iOS, um, but calls through WhatsApp. But the main reason it's it's used a lot is for international text messaging. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You got people who are traveling a lot. Yeah. You send it through WhatsApp, and you're just paying data rather than paying like whatever crazy international texting rates. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That makes sense. What, the only thing which I I like I use it because people I know use it. Um, but it's it's not as good as iMessage though. The 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 reason I really like iMessage is because you can actually respond from your computer. Ah, but see, okay. you have a Mac and you have an iPhone. You can see the notification on your laptop and respond on your laptop. But um, 
So, uh, so I can't. So, have, I can't have everything, right? So I guess that's, I mean, that's interesting because I mean, when I've been, I've been using um, a, a text service which allows me to respond from my tablet or my computer or someone else's computer if I really want to. Um, so to me, text messages is basically like I am, you know, mm. which is yeah. why I was like started sending. I was like, oh, maybe actually this has cost me money. Oh, maybe I well, should stop doing this. WhatsApp is kind of is is that layer. It's basically the it's the layer between text messaging, but it's it's used a lot. And also, if we're on the on the hookup app thing, I have to say, the other thing that hookup apps are used for, and it sounds really cheesy, um, but they're used actually a lot for finding friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And people, people go, oh yeah, friends, like, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> if you're in a new city, you know, or you've even just moved to the country, yeah, a lot of people will use them to to, to find people who they might hook up with once, but then, like, you know, I've met people off hookup apps who, you know, I I'm friends with now. And you know we go to places together, and you know, and it's surprisingly non awkward. Um, yeah, I, I mean, so I was going to say actually, one of the things that's definitely true is that when I moved to Manchester, you know, we went lots of dates, but I, I'm, I kind of went on these great dates and you know, went to great places, but I also met loads of lovely women, and a lot of them are friends, and. Um, and I, I definitely would recommend not not. Doing this, but it was it was a great way of meeting people who were kind of similar minded and or at least kind of somewhat similar minded, you know. Because mm. you got all the information there, you can just go, oh well, oh they're really into this. Okay, so so for example, I have friends who who I've been out with who are I kind of call them my my cultural friends, and they you know the same thing in the theatre that I'll definitely go with them because. They would be great, where other people less so, you know, mm. or less likely to go. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what we should talk about? Oh, actually, I was going to say, um, we've kind of veered very far off topic. I know. <laughs> I went way far off We're uh, really getting almost back into tech grumps at this point. Um, yeah. Well, you know. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, dating is all about technology these days. Um, anyway, I was going to say, Cucumber, I've been enjoying it not unqualifiedly um, but it's quite good, it's quite entertaining um, I'd recommend it and I, I think it's interesting in as much as it seems to me like yes there's quite a lot of gay sex in it because that's Russell T Davis's thing is showing lots of gay sex because he wants to make a political point um, quite an enjoyable one if you happen to like watching <laughs> dudes but, um, but uh, it seems to me that it's it's less. It's it's quite universal in its kind of appeal. It's it's kind of just about you know cucumber anyway. It's kind of about you know the story of midlife crises, but kind of with painted with a with a, a gay brush rather than a kind of standard divorce by a Ferrari straight narrative. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think. Um... I just I've been I watched the first one and I I watched the second one I'm not watched the third one yet but I've just been I've just been enjoying it because it's just it's you know okay it's not my age range but it's not you know but it's just interesting and it's just fun and it's kind of like it's just a nice story and the, yeah and the and the writing is sharp yeah the writing is pretty fucking sharp um, and also banana, I mean sorry go banana on. is banana banana is quite good too tofu is an acquired taste. Okay. Um, tofu. Yeah, just like online. Tofu. Just like real tofu. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's an online-only kind of discussion program where they're talking about, um, uh, you know, sex and kind of related topics. But um, uh, the no, otherwise it's it's um, it's quite a good show. I'd, I'd I'd recommend watching it. You can watch it on 4OD. Um, or uh, probably some other sources, which I won't mention. Okay. Yeah, um, no, I think um, 
I mean, other than that, I've been enjoying about uh, banana and, uh, and tofu, not tofu, banana and cucumber, is um, the the great scenes of Manchester. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just like, I have this prospect of, I just have this vision of Ian Forrester sat in front of a big widescreen. Dude, saying, two... you watch, saying you're watching a gay drama for the scenes of Manchester <laughs> is like saying you read Playboy for the articles. Damn you, I was making that joke. It's two really hot dudes banging, and you're just looking at this nice picture of the skyline of Manchester in the background. <laughs> the thrusting, majestic skyline of Manchester. Oh, my God. You know, With its it, tall, erect if, towers. And... If, if it was set in Birmingham, you couldn't do that. <laughs> Although, oh, if it were set in Birmingham, there'd be an entire other slew of jokes to be made. Yeah. Oh, um, man. Sorry, Jess. <laughs> um, okay, anyway. yeah, no, I, I, well, I, I can say to you is that... Yeah. I was going to say, you enjoy... Other than, than, than the Manchester skyline... No, I've been enjoying the what? drama. I mean, and the, it's been fun. I think the, I think the 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 the, the cucumber. No, that's the the banana one. The E4 one's definitely got the E4 kind of feel to it. So it's a little yeah, bit more like very young. Yeah, very young, and it's kind of like it's it's fun, but it's it's kind of like um, I you know I I can kind of leave it this yeah if it was if it was on and I kind of I don't think I'll be downloading more of that. That's right. I won't be. Sorry, watching more of it. Streaming more of it, yeah. Streaming more of it. Um, That's how it's supposed to watch TV. But yeah, I think definitely, um, I think the the Cucumber one, I'll I'll definitely keep on, because it it does look Mm. a good series. No, I'm probably going to watch watch more of both, and probably then at some point when I'm bored, catch up with all of Tofu. Okay. I'll Um, probably take a look at them when I get, like, some spare time. I, I really liked Queer as Folk. I thought, I remember watching it ages ago and just going, this is... A wonderfully honest treatment of this, at least mm-hmm. you know, to, to the limits of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. But I was like, and I was just like, this doesn't feel like that. I was, of course, now it also, the original Queer as Folk set me up in this weird way because now I'm watching Game of Thrones and every time Littlefinger comes on, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> it, took, it, it took me like four episodes to figure out where I'd seen the actor who's playing Littlefinger before, and I was like, holy crap, it's Queer as Folk. <laughs> Which adds, given given that he was given that he was you know like the 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 really kind of almost sinister Machiavellian, I'm going to fuck everyone, yeah, of the characters, having him as Littlefinger's kind of like, oh, that just adds a layer. Yeah. Um, on the popular media front, yeah. we have to talk about the other popular sex. Related. Isn't that popular? Is it done that well in the cinema? No, I haven't really been paying much attention um, since it came out last on Friday last week. I might have been a bit busy enjoying myself. Yeah, rather yeah. Than, rather than, uh, than than trying. Oh God, let's just start. I, 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 who cares how well it's done? So much. It's probably done fantastically with a certain group of people, and when it comes out on DVD, it'll do even better. Yeah. I mean, um, so I, I haven't watched that it. sweet spot of people who want to be able to watch their porn but don't want to be responsible for watching porn. This is the same spot that Skinamax, as we used to nickname it, fulfilled. Skinamax. You know, it's not Cinemax, it's Skinamax. All yeah. of your softcore porn needs for moments when you want to get off but you don't want to feel guilty about watching real porn. Yeah. And this is this is just now the kink-flavored version of that with all of the same issues of, you know, bad representation of the original subject matter and you know, glossing over of things and making this idealized rendition that appeals to a highly uneducated group of people, which you know is the the masses, mm-hmm. especially in these kind of in kind of these areas. It's like, well, you know, this, you know, you just can't compete. On the other hand, this is how the concepts get out. You know, this is how. Yeah. I mean, as a side result of this movie, we've had kink stuff showing up on the freaking morning shows. We're getting we're having a guy who put a ni- who put a nipple clamp on on a morning show. Oh yeah, I saw that on um Charlie White, yeah. <laughs> you know how that's gonna end though? It's gonna end with David Cameron and Ed Miliband having to discuss their favorite kink toys. That sounds awful, but I, I'm actually so this this is, you know, the the, the big 
social equation in my head is, I mean, yes, it's embarrassing, yes, it's annoying, and yes, people who we never want to hear about talking about kink are now talking about kink. But as the people who might be familiar with this, that's difficult for us, but this is also opening up the subject matter for massive numbers of people. And while there's going to be some bad ideas coming out of this book, and there are absolutely some, I haven't read it, but I don't need to, I already read the lists, that there are going to be bad ideas, people are getting into trouble, but they are actually going to start knowing that this is a topic. This shifts this area from an unknown unknown to a known unknown. Mm. People, will, people, people now know that there is a thing called kink, and they can start to look for it, and they can start to read up on it. And, and ultimately, I think this is going to be more helpful than harmful. It's just really uncomfortable for people who know about the subject matter and go, oh, it's like, it's like your friend who's like, oh, I love wine. I just discovered Ernest and Julio Gallo. Aren't they amazing? <laughs> and you're like, and you're just like, oh, my fucking God. But at the same time, you're like, that's okay. You'll drink it for a while, and you'll realize it's crap. You'll find some nice wine. Same thing with kink. Just, yeah. you know, yeah, you're exactly. away from the There's stuff probably... where you kill yourself. No, I was say, um, my test of it is when um, somebody shared a, um, oh, a, a Fifty Shades of Grey um, related blog post I can't even remember what it was. It was some something out of like some uh I don't know what it was, some like kink positive feminist blog or something like that. And then it was talking about like some of the the, the stupid stuff which people are doing as a result of Fifty Shades of Grey. And I showed it to a medical friend and they're like oh. You do not know how much of this stupid fucking shit has been turning up in accident and emergency departments. Oh man. From you know, and it and this like, you know, people are reading. Oh yeah, zip ties. That sounds like a good idea because yeah. you know, radio nerve damage isn't a thing. Um, and it's just like, wow. you know, and then the thing is, it's like, you know, I'm you know, I'm not really one way or the other about the king thing, but I just think that it's kind of, it's sad that um. Uh, it's sad that people are being misled about stuff which could harm them. Yes, but um, these these same people had as, as all somebody of who believes in as somebody who believes in public health. Um, and and I'm not one of these people who's going to be like, oh, we need to you know, um, not play Grand Theft Auto because it's got you know bad people in it. Um, you know, there's a certain level of responsibility there. But there's going to be people who are going to do really fucking stupid things. Yes, from... and, and those people who do really fucking stupid things are going to be the people who force us to start dealing with this topic in a reasonable way. I mean, seriously, how many times has we as a species successfully seen something coming in, be it uh, a wave of new knowledge about kink or, you know measles, let's say, and, <laughs> and, and and successfully went, you know what, this is just a bad idea. Let's do this right the first time. Let's really educate people. That's not how it happens in society. How it happens is the idea gets out there. People start fucking it up. Some people probably even die. And no, I don't want people to die, but it's that thing that makes them take it seriously. It's the same thing with like teen pregnancy and a bunch of other stuff where they were like, let's just ignore it and provide stupid methodologies that have no yeah, basis in fact. Yeah. And it wasn't until it became a crisis that people finally said, you know what? Enough. Yeah, we're sick about this. We're sick of your moral bullshit and what we want is we want to have a less, we, we want a harm reduction scenario. And the problem is that you can't push through a harm reduction scenario on top of a, uh, you know, in, in when there's a moral argument in the way until there's been enough harm to make the morality look, uh, I'm not I agree with Ryan. You know, you, yeah, it's, it's a cycle. It's these. It's horrible that it has to go that way. But people, yeah. But here's the thing, right? How many people died in the AIDS crisis, and do we actually have good sex education in British schools? So okay, I, I, you know, one of the things that I would say, right? And I don't know about. So, I mean, Ryan's had a very different sex education from from the rest of us, I guess, but. The sex education in my school was actually pretty good. Now compare it to other people. Now I don't know about mine consisted mine consisted of colouring in vaginas and teachers not being legally see, allowed to talk about gay people. So see, that's ridiculous. You know, see, we, um, we were talking about 
about uh, LGBT. It, it wasn't called that then, but we were talking about this stuff. We were talking about... Yeah, but Ian, you know, when yeah. was this? This You're was... five years older than me, right? So that would have been... Yeah. Uh, if Ian, you, you if Ian is five years older than you, then he should have been in a more in, in a more repressive. Yeah. You, no, no. Here's, here's the thing. Okay, go for it. He would have. No, that would have been just about the time when Section Twenty Eight came in. Oh, that's an amazingly good point. Oh, we never oh. had a sec. We never had a Section Twenty Eight like in the states, but I I know what you're talking about. Mm. But here's the thing. That's a good Section point. Section 28 has been dead for 10 years now. Yeah. Or whatever it is. I don't know. It went out in like 2000 and... Two. It's, it's been a long time, right? But sex education still sucks. Right? We've still got, you know, you know, we've still got fucking colouring in vaginas and not actually talking about consent. Oh, man. And we've still got faith schools that don't give a shit. And this is despite thousands and thousands of people dying of STIs and thousands and thousands of teenage pregnancies. I okay, no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this I, I actually don't think that's a that we're we're arguing um like a numerical problem with general instances. I can go to the states and I can pick out individual schools that still want to teach you that being left-handed is the devil's work and that you know there isn't even a thing such and that don't do sex education that, that I can find those examples but are they statistically relevant and and so the question I mean yes there are probably still examples of that going and I understand the 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 anger of that but I honestly think that I mean I I was I'm older than both of y'all all right and I was when I hit you know, time to have sex age, about 15, 16, that was when they suddenly discovered that there was a thing called AIDS and sex went from something that could maybe give you a bad disease to something that could freaking kill you. Mm-hmm. And and that knowledge, I got that. I got that knowledge when I was 15 and 16 years old. I was taught very clearly about this stuff. I mean, I remember when they started talking about this mysterious disease that they didn't know what it was. So I was alive during that, and that pushed it through. Now, what we're talking about is something slightly different. Now, when you talk about Section 28, this is a moral backlash. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, it was, exactly. And, but, and that, that's a totally it, legitimate we haven't, point. we haven't recovered from it. I don't think, like, the fact that, you know, the, uh, I think the Labour Party are now proposing having a statutory... Um, if they get into power, they claim they're going to have statutory sex education, and it's going to be applicable to all schools, faith schools, whatever, um, which would be great. And but there will still be people who be like, you know, throwing their hands up in the air about it and saying the sky's falling. But it, it's still a problem, right? It, there's, you know, I I haven't got the the figures to hand, but there's still a lot of schools which aren't delivering comprehensive sex education in Britain now. Um. And wow. um, that's a problem. And and I'm not sure that the whole oh yeah it'll all be fine in the end once but enough it, people have died or been maimed. There there um, there, are, and, there are schools that I mean we we could make this argument about vaccination. Yeah. Oh sure, I'm happy to make that argument about vaccination. <laughs> um, hum, humans be stupid is a is a recurring theme in my life. Um, yes. Um, uh, but. And, but, but, is, but I mean, if we look at if we look at the vaccination thing, what we're what we're actually seeing is we're seeing this. The, the, actually, I'm sorry. I think the vaccination thing supports my theory of you have to have enough harm to push through a harm reduction strategy against a moral outlash or a moral stance, because in the absence of evidence of people really actually being hurt, the moral arguments will be like it's the devil's work, or I don't want my kids to get autism, both of which are complete bullshit. Yeah. Um, but. You, it, it is well, actually, to be fair, the the um, the other the, it was those just that it's the devil's work. It's that it's going to encourage girls to have sex because if you take away the risk of getting cancer, <laughs> that this is the only thing that's keeping girls' legs together. You're you're preaching to you're, you're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir on that one. I do. I I agree with you that it's a preaching to the preachers. <laughs> but it's a but it's still a moral argument. And yeah, that, you know, yeah. it's it's it's, it, it's it's a stupid moral argument, but there's not. I haven't actually seen a lot of very smart moral arguments. The smart moral arguments I've seen have been made in the context of, say it with me, harm reduction, where mm-hmm. they go, it is immoral to 
let this many people be fucking hurt. Yeah. For realsies, and not 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 some devil, and not some girls going off and having sex and being impure. But it's like, I'm sorry, but how about women dying of cervical cancer? How about yeah. that bullshit? Yep. You know, and how about these real numbers? It's like, you know what? Let, let's let's just barter this shit here. How about I trade you five immoral women for one woman who doesn't die of cervical cancer? You're gonna make that trade, and when you and you bring it into that level, all of a sudden they go, and you just smack them around and pass laws. And but the problem is that, and the thing that's really shitty is that you don't get those statistics until people die. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right, Ryan. I think, um, you know, again and again, you see these things that are like, oh, no, we don't want that. Then, you know, in, then suddenly people start dying, and then they're just like, there is just, you know, someone just around and goes, this is ridiculous. We can't have these people dying. We're gonna see it. We're gonna see a progression of these news stories. Right now, it's all fun and games. It's all nipple clamps on morning television and ooh, naughty and Fifty Shades of seriously. Surf has a Fifty Shades of something like you know. This was on Weekly Wipe as well, and it's yeah, like I, I this, is, this is the first step. The yeah, next step is. I, the next step is the stories start coming through about, you know, today, titter, titter, titter. Some person was, you know, A&E A &E acceptance for people needing to be chopped out of, you know, wrist restraints or something else was up 10%. Titter, titter, titter. Hey, isn't this great? We're a news company and we don't really want to talk about boobs and hot sex, but since it's a news story, oops, I guess we have to. And so they'll do that because, you know, hot sex and titillating sex stories, the stuff that'll get shit on the air and get your ratings up, and then we're going to get asphyxiation deaths. We're going to get yeah. people having serious injuries, and then there's going to be this, and then this is when we get into the potential problem of the moral outrage that we're talking about. This is where we might get that backlash. We might get people going, oh, King Castor made illegal, and, and let's not forget, there's a Section 28, but there's still fucking Spanner out there. Yeah, but that's true. And so, you know, the kink has its own has its own issues to deal with these topics, you know, in history with these things as well. And so, if you know, we might that might be a side effect as well. But all in all, what we, it, as a whole, what we're going to be getting is we're going to be getting a progressively more serious, more fact-based discussion about this topic. And that's what needs to happen before we can yeah, get yeah, maybe. Better. My only problem with it is that, like, it it's part of a wider range. Like my the, when I'm bitching away about, you know, crappy sex education. It's not just, a, you know, it's it's just, it's so, it's such a big problem. Like, you know, I haven't got it in front of me, but, you know, there have been studies on consent, you know, on young people's attitudes to consent, to STI transmission, all these things. And it's, you know, people are ludicrously misinformed. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, they've got, you know, like, you know, you've got people who, you know, you've got young people who have no fucking idea what rape is coming mm. out of schools. And like, that seems a pretty fucking important thing to teach people, um, you know, where the boundaries of consent are and, you know, what you have to talk about to have a meaningful consensual relationship, um, you know, and what takes, it what takes its place isn't nothing. It's actively horrible, like crazy victim blaming shit. You know, it's uh, you know what what ethics can be gleaned from bad porn on the internet. Um, and it's like if you you know, it, it's a massive failure of responsibility of adults uh, to prepare young people. And by adults, I mean like the whole society, education, you know. Every, everyone for the sexual and romantic world that people are entering into. I, I entirely like, agree. Yeah, I just, and, and, I just don't I think that our disapproval or our opinion of that is going to act as nearly the degree of force upon solving be, the problem that having be, these things fuck up will do. It needs to be a thing where every single politician is like, you know, this is a crisis. Yeah, how are we going to fix it? It's not. Well, like, we I, have never gotten every single on... politician to say this is a crisis on anything. Yeah, I mean, and any proposal where you say we need to get everyone to do eh is going yeah, to fail. But I'm yeah. I'm just not comfortable relying on the cultural forces of 
reaction to Fifty Shades of Grey bullshit. Uh, no, no, I, okay, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 I think, I think you're misinterpreting what I'm saying there, because this is, okay, so, I, I'm sorry, yeah, I might have given you the wrong impression. I don't think, I don't think that, I, I'm not saying this is something we should rely on and it'll solve the problem for us. What I am saying is that this will move us in the direction of a solution, but this will be an additive effect with all the other things that we're doing to try to make this better. The thing that mm -hmm. I'm saying is that we already have all this other stuff. We have sex education people out there, independent of schools. We have campaigns about condom use and HIV re and HIV harm reduction stuff. We have we have which you know, aren't working that well because we're still addressing exactly. The but that's the ten years ago rather than the problem of now. But but that, that's the thing is that they are additive. They work together. And if they were going to work. They, if they were going to work in those areas, we would have seen the results, and they're not. So the reason why I'm happy mm. about this, for as much as happy I can be when the harm's going to be coming, is that maybe this is the thing that gets through to these people that we haven't been able to get through to with our yeah. own efforts. You know, I'm, you know, and someone, you know, if, if something comes along and is going to put its shoulder to this stuck car to get us moving further along, I'm for it. And and since I don't, and since I don't see a way that I can make the harm not happen, I can't go out and rip. Fifty Shades of Grey out of people's hands, um, and go, what the fuck are you thinking? Then, at the very least, my silver lining is that we're going to have this shoulder against the car pushing it along, and maybe with this, it'll we'll get some more traction. Yeah, more. I mean, yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, I would, I would agree with. It. I think um, I just think about like some of the things that I've seen in the past that, you know, they've kind of like just edged the debate on a little bit, and I didn't like them. I'm not. I didn't like it. I just I didn't agree with some of the things, but it edged it enough so that people would actually actively talk about it. And I mean, for example, I remember um, I think it was the first um, gay kiss on America, not America, on um, UK TV, which was um, Brookside. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, with the the two lesbians, you know, mm. and that that was like it just it it was like okay, it was a very small thing, but it was enough. That people would actually talk about it, where before they were like, "Oh no, 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 let's just burn them all to hell, or send them to an island, and all that kind of nonsense." Yeah, you know, and, more... and and I think it, what's interesting about it is it's it's unintentionally bringing people kind of out of the kink closet, in as much as it, it, okay, we all kind of giggle about it, you know, it's all these like middle-aged women going and you know enjoying spanking or whatever, and it's like, well. Okay, but you know that's an improvement on it being something that only creepy fucking weirdos do. Um, I mean, everyone's known for a long time that you know that the appeal of kind of kinky sex has been you know a lot wider in society than it's typically shown to be. Yeah, but people would never talk about it. And that, yeah, that's... well, because you know if you're a fucking what what's the 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 great stereotype is like high court judges and people like that. Yeah. You know, and 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 high-powered businessmen going to dominatrixes and stuff. Um, and nobody wants to talk about that because it has the potential to, like, ruin people's careers. Mm. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm, you know, I've read a bit of Fifty Shades of Grey, and when it came out, like, I, my, my initial reaction was just to giggle at how terrible the writing was, um, which is kind of not really an ethical objection to it. I just think it's, you know, absolutely atrocious writing. Um, Actually, it's kind of writing so bad that it's almost kind of enjoyable in how bad it is. You can you can you can merrily hate read it, um, and um, and then a lot of people are kind of you know there's been a whole kind of feminist reaction to it as being glamour. You know that people have pointed out that you could basically take the relationship between um, Anna and Christian and analogize it to abuse. Um, but then kind of people have been pointing out that actually people fetishize some pretty fucked up shit. Yeah, I, 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 I think on that point, I think, I mean, I've not seen the movie, um, and I've not, I've not actually read the book, to be honest. Well, I haven't read the book, I've, I've read interest, I've read excerpts of it where it's, yeah. you know, this, this, kind of... this raises an interesting meta topic, which is how much protection, so, I think how to say this properly. The it's just no, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit weird. I got to see if I can phrase it properly. The protection of it's just fantasy, so it becomes in my mind less 
as you move the medium of the presentation of fantasy to a more realistic one, it becomes less viable for you to morally make that argument. So it's like when you're talking about written erotica in a word form, this is, it's strange because you may be depicting the same thing, but when you give it a high fidelity level of detail, so when you talk about zip ties in a book, that is, I think, different from showing people getting zip tied on well, the screen. And um, as, I, and as I, you can move... I, can I interject one thing, which is that based on the reviews I've read, and trust me, I've had better things to do this weekend than, than, uh, than watch the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, um, it's a lot less... It's a lot more mundane and a lot more vanilla the film is than the book. Um, that they that it's kind of more you know that they they've taken a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the kink out of it probably on the basis that people are, you know people have been kind of saying it might actually just be that it's less about the the whips and the trains and more actually about the psychology of the rather fucked up relationship that people find intriguing. Well, I mean, we've already had a kink film. We had fucking Secretary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was good, that was. And Secretary was actually, by a lot of people's definition, a much more human examination and a much better representation of kind of this dom-sub-kink relationship than Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. Plus, you know, plus Maggie Gyllenhaal, who's brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Right, it, it's, it, I think it's very interesting and I kind of feel uniquely unqualified to talk about it given you know that actually the things which are most interesting about it is kind of the representation of women and I kind of don't really have any dog in that discussion mm. um, and it's kind of one of those things where I've kind of been sitting back and watching the kind of you know Feminists of all persuasions and, and film reviewers and book reviewers kind of talking about whether it's a positive thing for women or not, and you know, and, and kind of letting that all play out. And it's just kind of it to me. It's just interesting to kind of watch the cycle of discussion about it. Um, and and having read, you know, have what I've read of the book, it does it doesn't make me want to see the film, except maybe, you know, if in three years' time, it's on Netflix, and I'm particularly bored, I might watch it. Um, but, uh, I don't know, it, it's it's interesting in as much as it's kind of a not a particularly good cultural reference point for this stuff. And the sort of cultural reference points that tell us about these things rarely are good. You know, the the things which cause massive amounts of scandal and discussion usually aren't the best examples of um, what they're depicting. They're usually, you know, the, I don't know, that you could, you could, if you were in an ideal world, you could, you could usually pick a better example, um, which is why the whole, that whole phrase of um, difficult cases make bad law always irks me because it's usually the difficult cases which end up being the ones which set the law or the cultural attitudes. Um, anyway. Well, it sounds like we've... Uh, kind of hit it, would, it would help if some of us had watched it at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I just, yeah, I'm just three, not... Three, three dudes bullshit about them that's primarily intended for women. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess I'm just, I'm not... I'm not really that bothered about it. I mean, I think I, I don't know. I'm just kind of. Like, I know my my mum's got um, Fifty Shades of Grey, and I was kind of like, oh, oh my god, okay, um, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of. I'm not gonna go watch it. I'm not really that interested. Um, it would be nice. It it would be nice if it made it more mundane. Because this is my theory about all like crazy sex stuff. Is it's a lot more mundane in reality than it seems. Right, you you know, you go along to some like crazy fetish, you know, club. Yeah. And actually, the people there are pretty nice and pretty normal most of the time, unless they're crazy abusive, in which case you want to get the fuck out of there. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, but also no, but a more a better example, uh, Polly. Right, you think, oh my God, Polly, that's like 
wife swapping. It's all crazy <laughs> shit going on. And then you then you then you actually talk to like, you know, uh, a poly trio or or quad or whatever. Yeah. Like a poly family, and it's basically just a very very complicated iCal setup. <laughs> right, you know, they've got like the Outlook sync going on, and that's basically it, right? It's just like we've got this big fucking spreadsheet in Google Docs, and we have to go in there and work out who's doing what and who's picking the kids up and who's doing this, that, and the other. It's like I thought this was going to be like crazy sexual anarchy kinky. <laughs> it's just a fucking spreadsheet. And and it 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 would be nice actually. It would probably make the whole of society a lot more chilled out if everyone realised that that all that stuff is as as you know that this is the ultimate fate of of gay people right is 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 boringness right we've gone from sexual outlaws to being those boring people next door who have dinner parties that's that's where it's all going to go in the end <laughs> okay all right I think we better call it a night I gotta get to sleep. Yeah. I got to actually... I got to put this podcast up and, and do all that stuff, so...